Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. Planning your next Disney vacation for the summer? Visit Undercover Tourist, the trusted name in theme park tickets. Get into the park you love for less. Save up to $82 per ticket to the Walt Disney World Resort. With a hotel or a car rental edition, you can save up to 30% off your order. Visit UndercoverTourist.com slash podcast for the lowest prices on all Walt Disney World Resort tickets. Plus, Undercover Tourist offers a 365-day refund guarantee. That's UndercoverTourist.com slash podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Off the Mess, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and I am joined today by the executive editor of The Dip, Allison Pivovarsky. You, I mean, she's been on the podcast like more than any other guest. Um, And we're going to talk about the Abercrombie doc that came out on Netflix. Thank you for having me, Sam. I obviously love Hot Off the Mess. I also have a lot to say about this documentary as, look, I'm going to just put it out there um, Right off, right off the top, uh, a VIP status member of Abercrombie in 2022. Current, current. I don't want to know how much I've spent in the last year. Here's the thing. Let's discuss. I'm curious. Like, were you back in 2001? Like one, two, like 2008? Were you a Abercrombie girly? Yeah. So here's. I am from the suburbs of Chicago. Uh, which feels important to note because mall culture in the suburbs of Chicago is strong. Um, even now? Even, oh, yeah. I mean, the mall has changed a lot, I feel like, because online shopping has become so big. But, I mean, you're not going to find a hotter spot to be in a suburb of any major city than the mall at ever. Uh, and so, like, I spent a lot of time at the mall. Something you need to know about me is I worked at Limited 2 when I was 16 for two weeks. And then we had a mutual parting of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't feel like it was the right fit for me. They didn't feel like I was the right fit for them. And, mm-hmm. you know, sources could tell you that I was let go. 
some other sources, i.e. me, will say, I decided I, I am the captain of my own ship. But this is all to say, I worked at Limited 2 just so I could buy stuff from Abercrombie. Uh, they were not far from each other. They were on the same floor, just like three or four store sh- like shops down. Uh, and I wanted to be an Abercrombie girl so bad. I don't know if I was an Abercrombie girl. And I say that because... I feel like when I was, you know, I was like a little chunky. Like, I'm not saying like I could like I'm bringing this up because we're going to get into like the fat phobia of Abercrombie. Oh, yeah. We're going to get into it all. I was the girl that was like squeezing my ass into the largest size jeans that they had. And like, I didn't care what was spilling over. I was going to wear those fucking jeans. Even if you were going to wear those low riders, even if they didn't want me to be wearing them, I was pouring myself in. I could and I couldn't sit without getting lacerations on my stomach. <laughs> when was the first time that you like recognized Abercrombie like as a brand? Like were you in school? Like yeah. who was wearing it? What was it? So I don't want to brag, but I definitely was like friends with the cool group when I was in wow. like junior high, okay. sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Um, I was on Palms freshman year of high school. Like I'm Poms? Yeah, hell yeah. I was a Shirelle. That's what our we were called. You were a Pom girl? Yeah. And so I, I, again, I say all of this because I was, I was in these groups, but I felt, always felt on the outskirts of them. So I was doing anything I could to be as embedded in them as possible. And for me, that was noticing that all of these girls that I was friends with were wearing Abercrombie. And so it felt like a status symbol. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I grew up in a suburb that I would say is upper middle class. And so like Abercrombie was it. Juicy Couture was it. That was kind of like what we were vibing with. Also, my cousin, not to brag, was a manager at Abercrombie. Actually, I don't think that is a brag (laughs) based on this documentary. But it was then. I, I, one time I was at camp, summer camp, and I lied about how my cousin was Kirsten Dunst. And then I lied and then I was like, okay, guys, I lied about that. My cousin isn't Kirsten Dunst, um, but my cousin is a manager at Abercrombie. People thought I was lying about both. That's how legit it was to be a manager at Abercrombie. It was of the equivalent of having your cousin be the lead in Spider-Man. Wow, so Allison. I really did think, I'm saying a lot about myself right now. I love it. Because it's self-aware. I can look back on it now and be like, wow, that was insane. But it was also kind of strange, too, because I didn't ever like I'm an only child, as you are. Uh, And so like my conversations around sex with my parents was very like we just didn't talk about it. Um, You know, like I had like one conversation where my mom was like, you might notice your body is changing. And I was like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) And then I got a book the next day on my bed. Oh, that book. Yeah. The body book yeah. that everyone had. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, so for me, Abercrombie was always so like kind of controversial because of the shirtless men and the, I mean, the bags themselves. You felt like you were walking around with like porn. And I was yeah. like, I, I was kind of uncomfortable shopping there with my yeah. mom. Uh, and she was also uncomfortable being like, this is like the weirdest fucking store for children. It's also weird. I'm sorry. I'm just like rambling right now. But I was thinking about this today while I was getting dressed because I am now currently in head to toe Abercrombie. And I was thinking like, wow, I was wearing this when I was 15 and I am now 30. 
And should I still be shopping at that same store? And I'm going to stop talking now and leave you with that. Okay. Well, I have a lot to respond to. At first, I'm going to say that I my journey with Abercrombie was I like will never forget it like ever. I, it was in high school. I was in uh, not high school. I was in middle school, seventh grade. And like I just remember all of a sudden all of these girls had jeans with like a specific pocket design on them. Yeah. And it was like that like it, it almost looks like the Jesus fish. Yeah, it does. And I was like, what? I was like, what are all these jeans? And it was always like the cool girls because I was not a cool girl. <laughs> I was not a palm girl. I was not a cool girl. I looked – I'm just going to be frank. In middle school, I looked emaciated. I was so gangly and like I still am so angry because back in middle school, if you like it was like the fingertip rule with shorts. Mm -hmm. And so I had these long ass arms. I look like salad fingers and like my (laughs) fingertips went all the way down to right above my knee. Oh, my God. (laughs) So you were wearing a Bermuda. I just wore pants. I was like, I can't even like pretend that this is okay. But then all these cool girls had like these short little arms and these short little fingers. And like they got to wear the Abercrombie shorts to school. And I was like, that's shorts. Whoa, that is, those are short shorts. Those are short. Who wears short shorts? And I just remember being like, where are these people like buying these clothes? So then I finally figured it out. And I was never the same. It's okay. First of all, the fingertip rule is really crazy because it's absurd. It's different. I never thought about that. It's literally yeah. different for every body. Like mm-hmm. I have a very long torso, and so Maybe like flex. Well, no, no. It's actually sometimes. Look, it's we can all. The grass is always greener because I find it incredibly inconvenient. Crop tops are basically bralettes on me. You know. Yeah. Well, should we be wearing crop tops? We're thirty. <laughs> I don't know. I shop at Abercrombie, so you know what you Lindsay tell me. Hubbard does. Yeah, Lindsay Hubbard does. Um, I have a long torso, so like I'm thinking about it now. Like my fingertips, everything is, mm, is so short on me. Wow, your power. And no, it's I like I I was wearing pants too because I always felt really uncomfortable. Uh, and also to your point about the pockets, it is crazy how I like it was such a knee jerk reaction to look at someone's butt. Oh yeah. To see what, because the Hollister one was like the um, the like, wave, the, it, it kind of like went, went like out this. like a V yeah. almost. And Abercrombie was the Jesus fish. Hollister, uh, or, or I'm sorry, Aeropostale kind of had like that little. Cro- Did you shop at Aeropostale? Never. But like, are you doing that because you like think it's trash? No, I just like never shopped there. Like their clothes just never looked good on me. Yeah, I looked crazy. I and then American Eagle had that weird pocket design where it was like a bunch of lines. Mm-hmm. Like kind jagged. of like a sound, a sound line, an audio yes. line. Yeah. Yes. And it's just like you you thought you knew a person based on what embroidery was on their butt. Mm-hmm. And then so I was – and I'm not saying this to be like I was so skinny because it's like I really had like – I had to like drink protein shakes and stuff. It was like I was a real thin girl with like huge nipples. Like I was like the girl that you know what I'm talking about? Like you didn't have boobs. You just had these big ass nips and like your cami, like you had to wear a cami and just like was so awful. And like all these girls had like these like little boobs and I was like weird nipples. Like your boob was your nipple? (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? 
I mean, or did you have boobs? Like I had boobs. Oh my god, Allison, you are so fucking cool. No, I, I wasn't. I literally it's- just had a nipple <laughs> as a boob. Like it was not okay. Like, and hopefully there will be listeners that can relate. Um to this but I want to be clear I was not I just said I had to pour myself into <laughs> jeans and got cuts on my stomach because I barely fit into them so I just want to be clear like I I was not I was not running the school by but any I also like I had to shop like when they opened Abercrombie Kids yeah oh my god life-changing because also it was cheaper so my parents were like all right and it wasn't as like dark in there no like there it- wasn't as much nudity <laughs> Just a little. Just a little, like little, like sprinkles of it throughout Just the store. Just sprinkles of nudity. And yeah, I, watching this documentary, it really made me feel like our parents just are entitled to compensation. 100%. Like, the fact that my mom would sit outside of Hollister or Abercrombie and just be like, go inside and like, this is your budget. Um, and then just come get me when we're ready to check out. My mom <laughs> did was, the like, same thing. I was like, okay, mom. Or my mom would just like give me cash and be like, go buy a shirt. I'm not going in there because it's, it's tricky. Like I, but here's the thing. Even when I went in there, I didn't like have a great experience. I was terrified. Oh, it was demoralizing. I looked at all the girls that worked there and I was like, oh my God, she's so cool. Like she's so pretty. Like look at her flip flops. Like the boys were so hot. Like I remember going up to like the cash register and like not even being able to like look them in the eye. I was fully sweating. And when they like when you would walk in, they couldn't be like, "Can I help you with anything?" They would just be like, "Hey, what's up?" And then like, "Hey, what's up?" And then walk and away. Like, you're just like, "Oh, okay." Like you felt but, like you were bothering them being there. Oh, it was bad. But let's get into the documentary. No, I do think it's important though to kind of like lay the groundwork of where we were at with Abercrombie. Um, but I also need to discuss really quick where I am at currently. Yeah, I feel like that's and we important sh- and I, too. I agree. I think so too. Go ahead. Currently, my status with Abercrombie is I love it. I love it so much. They have the best basics because I'm also like a basic dresser. Like I love just a white bodysuit with jeans. I love like a sweater. I love a half zip. Like I love that look. One day Sam I, and I were just wearing the same sweater from Abercrombie on a Zoom call. And I looked at her and I said, what? And she was like, yeah. It is. And it's not as expensive anymore. I feel like like you get better deals. Like it's a lot different. It's a lot more like light and breezy than before where it was like these neon like polos and like the music. And I also remember I was like 19 and I went into an Abercrombie, which like it kind of wasn't cool to shop at Abercrombie anymore, but I really like their dark like denim and skinny jeans. And I walk in and, like, they tried to recruit me. <gasps> mm-hmm. And I was like. Brag. Mm-hmm. I was like, no. Because then I started talking to someone who worked there. And they were like, yeah, like, you couldn't have dyed hair. You had, like, all of the things in the documentary, which we'll get to, like, yeah. are legit. Like, yeah. that is facts. And it is interesting. Uh, I mean, I think we also should say, too, like, we are coming from, like, an immense place of privilege in that, like, you watching the documentary, I knew that Abercrombie was controversial for sure. I was also, I think, maybe a little too young uh, to understand the actual uh, totally. ramifications of of being ex- like exclusively 
straight sized and often racist in your clothing choices. Well, that's another and thing. Like, and we're two straight sized white girls. So like, I just think like, let's put that out there. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like when I remember when it was really popular in high, in middle school, I wasn't aware of that stuff. Like that just wasn't really no. something I was aware of. I grew up in like a predominantly like white area. And you just wanted to fit in. And so like yeah. what we didn't understand was was what it meant to be somebody who was looking from the outside in. Uh, and because we were in automatically we were in because of yeah. what we even if like. we felt like we weren't yeah. like I still felt like a fucking dweeb with my big nips and I you know but that's different yeah it's completely different so like I was shocked watching this documentary like I have no memory of I remember the graphic tees but I did not remember the graphic tees the way that they showed them and I was shocked oh yeah shocked so let's uh just get into the documentary now so they really start off like describing it like the atmosphere being like aspirational like that's what they were going for yeah um, Mike Jeffries is oh my god they were not kind <laughs> the, to Mike Jeffries the, rightfully so but the photo they chose to continuously show of his face that looked like he had just gotten stung by a bunch of bees like Macaulay Culkin and my girl Allison like that, but that's what his face looks like <laughs> Sam I don't disagree but like my girl you had to bring up my girl I'm just putting us in a time and place to me, he just looked at Adrian Maloof's like big brother. Oh, like, he that's was just, a good one. He was just pulled tight. Yes, like they just pulled his body out of the Hudson River. <laughs> like he's bloated from all of the work he's gotten done. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, like it's a lot of filler. A lot, a of, lot filler. of filler. A lot of Botox. One of his it's eyes aggressive. was always like closed. It's like, what's happening? Is that Botox? They, like <laughs> ptosis? What I didn't know about Abercrombie is that obviously on their clothes it says like established, like 1890, whatever. Yeah. I thought that that was like made up. No. It's like a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was real. Like, this was like a sportsman's store. Yeah, I didn't know that. Like, the moose was based off of, like... Hunting. Oh, like a moose. Yeah, a hunt. A, a, yeah, a, like a hunting. A game. A sportsman. A f- Teddy Roosevelt. That's, like... I mean, that's who they were shooting for. You're back right. Back in 1890-whatever. I think it was... I want to say 1892. I, I think you're right, actually. That feels right. That feels right. I feel like I've seen it enough times yeah, that it's same. just like really like in, floating around in my subconscious. One of those like, yeah. things I don't realize I've stored. Yeah. And it's like I should store other things. hundred percent. Yeah. So that was like really, really wild. And Lex Wexner. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So he was like in charge of Abercrombie hunting. You know, it was basically like a Cabela's. Yeah. And <laughs> for like rich white guys. And he, like, really – so he brought Mike Jeffries on board, and, like, he really – Mike Jeffries, like, just turned it the fuck around. Yes. The first 15, 20 minutes of the documentary, <laughs> I texted Sam, and I go, wow, they really know how to create a brand. Marketing geniuses. But then it takes a turn for, like, the worse. But it is – I was – oh, the way I was waiting for fucking Jeffrey Epstein's name to come Allison. out <laughs> – I was like, when are they going to talk? When about are they going to talk about it? I was waiting. This is I was Ohio like, literally on the edge of about. Yeah, I was like, hmm. And uh, like, okay, Mike Jeffries is obviously the devil. Lex Luxner is obviously adjacent to that. And I, but I'm like, these guys are marketing geniuses. Like, they really like 
the when they described the cleaning of the store and the perfectionism that went into every detail of these stores, I was li- I kind of got the chills because I was like, I had never walked into an Abercrombie and things were never a mess. Right. Ever. Like the shirts were perfectly stacked. The jeans were perfectly folded. And like it was just it was perfection. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I get that. And then like, I mean, so in this documentary, they also interviewed like past Abercrombie male models. And the one I I cannot remember his name. The one that was in the bar. Yes. Who also looked like he was sitting in a Cabela's. (laughs) Like he. Like he's the one that definitely brings up that he was a model for Abercrombie. Often. He showed his abs and like he still has them. Like he's he and his like I remember him. Like, I remember thinking, I remember being in a dressing room and, like, looking at his photos and being like, oh, my you God, that guy is like, him? yes, Allison. And then when the one guy said that he's the armpit guy, I was like, yes, the armpit guy. He always had his armpit up. The armpit always. guy. You're right. Always. Like, I remember. Whether and he I was remember, standing or lying down, that pit was showing. And the people they chose to be models, I mean, they fucking, like, the marketing behind it is genius. Like, they nailed it. Like, I remember looking at them and being like, that's who I want to be is I want to be these girls that are like, have like perfect hair and like, but you felt like also it was like attainable. Like they weren't like Victoria's Secret models where it was like intimidatingly beautiful. It was like, oh, like if I. And it was all natural beauty is what they like leaned into. Like, I do think like one of the rule book things was like no makeup or very light Mm -hmm. makeup. And so, like, you looked at, even in the ads, you were like, they look like they're just, like, playing in the sun in a field with a dog. And, like, like, everything was black and white, but it felt like it was color. Color. Like, I felt like, wow, I'm there. I was beautiful. I with them. You just said that. (laughs) And um, sometimes I say really good things on this podcast. Other times I don't. (laughs) But... Oh, and then what really got me is I forget. I mean, guys, we're playing fast and loose with names over here. I don't know everyone's name that's in the documentary. Yeah, I didn't, but neither I didn't did, write do it down. the listeners. But the one guy said he like he was like, okay, so instead of like a poodle, we're doing golden retriever. Instead of like a, Mer- a Mercedes like sedan, we're doing a Jeep. And I was like that like I was like yes, like that's exactly like he was selling quote unquote America. Yeah. But, I mean, he was really selling, like... A white America. A white America. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't ever remember seeing people of color in their ads, like, when I was going there. I don't either. And I'd also, if there were, I don't mean to, like, minimize that. But it's also, like, that was very, very clearly not what they were... They were not promoting a diverse America. They were not promoting a realistic America. No. But it is... It's so interesting that you say, like, it was aspirational because what they were doing was really like it it's so dark to think about what they were trying to sell to young minds it's insane like because their target audience was teenagers and mm-hmm. so like to be putting these images out and to then later come out and say correct not everyone should be wearing our clothes we are we are exclusive yeah. To to the demo that they are targeting is terrifying because when you are that good at marketing, that kind of stuff, of course, it like seeps in to like the minds, sub, the subconscious. And yeah. it is really kind of it's 
it's just scary to think about like certain things that like we absorbed. We were raised by very progressive parents, parents who would would not push any type of like ideas of like an exclusive um, experience growing up. And so for us then to just like go to the mall thinking we were just having fun with our friends and wanting to be cool, but not realizing what we were actually doing was supporting uh, like a racist ideology is shocking. At 15, at 15. (laughs) I was getting fired from limited two at 15. Well, it's really scary because, and I feel like they mentioned it in the documentary, so I don't want to take full credit for this thought, Um, but it's scary because it was never, like, in your face that this was, like, the ideology or, like, this is, like, what the, it was very, like, it would, like, seep into your subconscious and, like, it was, like, yeah, it was. I mean, but then you have t-shirts that are just blatantly racist. Allison, before we get to that. I want to say that you could tell when the people were talking about, like, the people who designed the shirts. Like, I'm shocked that they got interviews with them. I would never show my face. I, but they, I mean, I'm glad because like I'm glad they did. But I would be so embarrassed. And I feel also like a little embarrassed that like I didn't even know this was going on um, because I do know that like. I'm sure people listening who felt excluded from Abercrombie are like, you ignorant white girls. Like, we knew yeah. this was going on all along. So yeah. I am glad that they are. I mean, I'm glad I'm glad that I was like, this sounds so, so I'm such a fucking ally. But I was glad that I was made uncomfortable by this because like I genuinely yeah. was like, I texted you like, oh, my God, I take back everything I just said. Like, I actually feel weird from this. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, you had like a roller coaster of emotions. It yeah. was like one minute she was like, "Oh my god, the marketing behind this is like mind blowing," yeah. and then the next text it was like, "Oh, this is taking a turn. This is hor- <laughs> it's like, horrible." Yeah, it's horrible, and it's crazy because like the people that that worked in corporate and the design team, like they really talked about like the heyday of Abercrombie, and they were like, "We would go out, we had all this money, like it was business was like thriving." But the demand was so high that they had to just churn out T-shirts. It was very LuLaRoe. Yeah. Energy. It was. And they just started, like, designing, like, shit that they probably shouldn't. I mean, I remember in high school seeing shirts that did make me uncomfortable, but it wasn't. I The one that really sticks out to me was this guy was wearing this shirt, and it says, save water, shower with yes. me. Yes. And I was like, what? I was, like, 14. I was like. Why are you wearing that? I and like, remember who's that buying shirt. that for you? I like, where is your shirt. mother? I know. I know. I mean, I'm trying to think. I re- specifically remember that T-shirt, too. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of. I think the graphic tees I wore were honestly like I was such a label whore as a kid that like if I could get anything with a moose on it, I would. And so you like, know what shirt I loved what? It was a Hollister shirt and it was a it was just a white shirt. But it had the California flag on it with a bear. Yes. And I just thought it was, like, so cool. I was like, that's a cool fucking shirt. I mean, you needed people to know you were a Cali girl. Yeah. I was like, excuse me, the beach? That's where I'm at. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, the guy that really blew up the whole, like, this is racist was interviewed in the documentary. And I was like, when he showed us examples and like even the designers remembered the, these shirts, they were like, oh yeah, I remember putting that out. And I'm just like, fuck, like that is, it was like 
two wongs make a white. Oh my god! Make it white. I was like, what? That was and insane. Like, no one like parents bought those things for their kids. Yes, that's wild to me. I just googled like Abercrombie graphic tees. There's one that somebody is selling on Poshmark right now. So if you want it, uh, and it's. It's a like keep in mind again who the demo for Abercrombie is and it's just who needs brains when you have these <gasps> as in boobs. Yes, as in as in nipples. For oh, some of big us, fat nipples. Well, now I have boobs. I have great boobs. It's my best physical quality, I will say, just to toot my own horn. Um I am single now, ladies and gents. So, anywho, that's very insane. It's I mean, it's Shocking, and I mean Shocking. the woman. The I will say the woman in the documentary. Oh, it, okay, wait, okay. Are you talking about the? I know who you're talking about. The one who was like in like a surf lodge. Do you know? Do you know that woman? She she was like a merchandiser. Oh, she was like high up. Yeah, you're talking about the. And yes, she's and like, she had like that. I remember that T-shirt, and you were like, yeah, because you fucking pushed it through. <laughs> you're the reason. You. Yeah. Are the re- and she's like I remember that shirt. She's like and we immediately burned the merchandise. Burned we them. burned it. She's like we would burn the merchandise. So nobody got their hands on it. I'm like, well, how did it get through though? How- yeah, that's the and point. Then, like, like I mean, and then I just think about like the man who's like when he revealed that there was like an Asian designer on the yeah. who was designing, and I'm like, God, the toxicity. Like I feel so horrible to think about what that person felt like being in that room and probably feeling like they couldn't say anything or they would lose their job. He articulated that so perfectly because it spoke to just like people that are like the only one in any sort of corporate like workplace. Like, you know, if you're the only woman or whatever, it's like, of course, you're not going to sit there and like be be like, yeah, fuck that. That's racist. Like this makes me uncomfortable because you're staring at people that are like, they don't feel that way. Yeah, they don't get it. They don't get it. They're not going to get it. And you don't want to like lose your job. So you're just sitting there and you're just like, yeah, it's fine. And like, I, f- I can only imagine how like soul crushing that was to be like, yeah, that that works. You know, yeah. like, oh, that's terrible. Also, like I was thinking like when they're like, yeah, we learned our lesson, though. Do you remember in like 2013 when they came out with a T-shirt that said more hashtag more boyfriends than T.S.? For Taylor Swift. Yes. That was like not that long ago. They hashtagged. They hashtagged it. And then I think Taylor Swift fans like got them to stop selling it. Well, I mean, the Swifties are the most powerful group in the oh, world. Oh, don't cross them. We saw we saw don't. what happened to Ginny in Georgia on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. What really, really shocked me was like I remember in like I think it was like 2013 or maybe 2014 – When it came out, what Mike Jeffries had said about, you know, we don't want to be inclusive. We are exclusive. Right. I don't want fatties. Something he said like years prior. I had no idea he said it in 2006. I know. And the fact that he said this in 2006 and no one said anything speaks to just like where we were as a culture, like where we were as like a society and like a mindset. Like that's mind blowing to me. Because I, I remember when that news came out and I was like, you fuck that. And I never shopped there again because I was like, also just like it wasn't kind, it wasn't cool anymore. Right. It wasn't cool to like have a moose on your outfit. It wasn't cool to have an eagle on your outfit or what was the Hollister one? It was the bird. A seagull. Yeah. 
What a weird choice. A yeah. seagull. It, yeah, I didn't think a seagull. I was I just thought a ocean bird. Which is probably a seagull. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's a seagull. So I was just really, really shocked because I'm like, how did this like never come out? You know, I was like, I was blown away by that. I was like, oh my God. Okay, yeah, I found the article. It's on Slate. And to be fair, like January 2006 is not a time for like digital media. (laughs) So no. Okay, but it says as far as Jeffries is concerned, America's unattractive, overweight or otherwise undesirable teens can shop elsewhere. Quote, in every school, there are the cool and popular kids. And then there are the not so cool kids. Candidly, we go after the cool kids. We go after the attractive, all-American kid with great attitude and lots of friends. A lot of people don't belong in our clothes, and they can't belong. Are we exclusionary? Absolutely. Those companies that are in trouble are trying to target everybody. Young, old, fat, skinny. But then you become totally vanilla. You don't alienate anybody, but you don't excite anybody either. So, I mean, obviously it's fascinating we go after the attractive all-American kid. What that actually means is the skinny, white, American kid. Well, mm-hmm. Well-off American kid. Because, like, he's... It's like what... Read between the lines of what he's actually saying. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry. I also, like, I can't remember what the man's name is who, like, brought in the stacks. This was written by Benoit Denizette Lewis. But... um the man who brought in like the stacks of paper and he's like, this is the the people who have signed a petition. Uh, he brought up something that I think so many people have recently, you know, really kind of hunkered their teeth into like brands that when you have sizes for everybody, you will get more money. It doesn't dilute your worth. It makes you more you you are suddenly appealing to everyone. The thing I love about TikTok now, you go on TikTok, you are seeing people of all different sizes mm-hmm. doing Abercrombie hauls. And yeah. and I think that like it's and honestly, I see a lot of like mid-size to plus size women uh, doing Abercrombie hauls. And there's got to be there. There is something so great about knowing that like this is something that like 15 years ago would, wasn't possible. No. Like when Instagram started, I never saw I honestly, if we're being 100 percent honest, up until probably three years ago, I never saw anyone on social media that had the same body type as me ever. Like I saw people that looked like Emrata. I saw people that looked like Alexis Wren. Like that was like everywhere on Instagram. And if you like remember triangle bathing suits. Uh huh. Yeah. Like that. I never saw a person who had a body like mine. And like I. And like I recently have started following a couple and like it does really do something to you. Yeah, like does. I never really realized like how impactful that is because I never experienced it before. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And like, I mean, it's so great. I think the I think like you have people I mean, you and I have spoken about people like Remy Bader who have taken to these platforms to show the real a realistic body, um, trying on clothes from major label brands and how they fit. And also how sometimes they continue to fail the bodies that they are (laughs) being put on. And that's to say like Abercrombie doesn't have it all figured out. Guys, if you shop at Abercrombie now, what is the secret to finding jeans that fit? Because I have jeans from there across like four or five different sizes. And I also think like, as you get older, you kind of learn to just like, you get over the number on like a pair of jeans. But like when we were younger, like the way I knew what 
what how many inches my waist was so I could walk into Abercrombie and not be like mortified to like have to be like oh I'll try can you get me a different size yeah yeah. can I get a bigger size I think that it's great to that we're seeing that but I totally agree with you like I never saw people who were like you know like mid-size is I think mid-size is like a new thing within the last couple of years and I hope yeah I hope that's true I don't want to like I don't want to sound like I 100 yeah no I think like mid-size like you said is like a recent thing like I never saw anybody that had a body like mine so it's really it's not and like even on Abercrombie's website they have sizes like girls of all different sizes all different colors all different races everything like and there there's not a moose in sight no okay so actually that's not true um so to your point I think one of the most helpful things a website can do and I will say this about like every website should do this is put like Madewell does a great job at this. They have like a size two. And then if you're like, oh, I'm a size eight though. So you click on the woman that's a size eight and you can see what that looks like on her. Mm -hmm. Skims does this too. And then you can see what a 16 looks like. And it helps you visualize because guess what? I have seen, and this is why I've bought like about 75 different pairs of jeans from Abercrombie and returned almost all of them, is like when you look at a photo of somebody who's wearing like a 24 waist and I'm not a 24 waist, I'm like, but what does that look like on my, on me? And I think that it's going to look like what it looks like on her and it doesn't. And I hate them because I suddenly look like I'm wearing like a Jenko jean. And so it's like, you know, it's so helpful when you can actually visualize it. So I think it's awesome that like influencers have kind of taken that upon themselves too. But there are mooses on the website. Uh, If you look deep enough, they have just like plain t-shirts that come in a pack of three and they have the moose on them, like old, old school moose. Well, I feel like they just have to have that. Like, I feel like no one buys them, but they just like like, have to have it. Nostalgic. Yeah, it's like, it's merch. You know what company really needs to be careful with and like kind of start to change their website and clothing and everything is Revolve. Revolve is starting to get into early day Abercrombie territory for me where it's like every single model is 6'2", 110 pounds. If you click on like a dress, for example, and you look over and then it tells you like models sizes like what the model is wearing. I don't give a fuck what this model size is. Like I will never wear an extra small and I'm not 5'9". Right. Like shut up. But they're becoming like very exclusive and I feel like they have to kind of step up and like be better because it's getting weird. It's feeling very early Victoria's Secret, which is another thing I wanted to talk to you about because Victoria's Secret fell off and I don't see Victoria's Secret coming back. I don't. I think it's over, done, dead in a ditch. And I'm wondering if it has something to do with, I mean, the Lex Wexner of it all, the exclusivity. I remember walking into a Victoria's Secret and like we were talking earlier about Abercrombie is like you felt like they were like relatable, even though they were like stunningly gorgeous models with abs. With Victoria's Secret, I remember walking in there and being like blown away by like the supermodel. Remember there was a scent called Supermodel Oh, I had I had all of their scents. I mean, I mean, that's the I thing. I did love Supermodel. It did smell really good, but they just haven't changed with the times. And they tried, but like it, it's I, I don't see it coming back. I never see people wear 
no one's ever like, oh, I'm wearing a Victoria's Secret bikini. Like, that's never a so thing anymore. So that's interesting because I actually do know someone, and I can't remember who it was, not that I would, like, put them on blast right now, but that just told me that they just got resized at Victoria's Secret. And I was like, you still shop at Victoria's Secret? And I was really surprised by it. Not because it just felt really, it feels kind of antiquated to me. And I think that, like... Yeah. Also, the resizing at Victoria's Secret is a scam because they have sister sizes so that they'll measure you and they'll tell you what the sister size is instead of what you really are so that you buy more bras. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So I've only bought like one or two bras from Victoria's Secret. And Remember they're like super padded ones? Yeah, see, I, but I could never wear those because I had such big boobs that like I was trying. Flex again. No, but like. She got big boobs and a long torso, guys. But the thing is, is like. I and did palm. I didn't want. It's not palm. <laughs> Palms? Yes. Okay. I Excuse me. Excuse me. I was corrected. It's palms. I didn't want to have big boobs. It made you feel so sexualized. And again, this is like such a grass is always greener. Like you felt so sexualized. Totally. So like you would go to Victoria's Secret and you would look like a porn star at like 14 by putting on like a hot pink lacy padded extra padded push-up bra where your yeah. tits were suffocating you because they yeah. were so up high up chin. on your chin and like it was awful and it was such a horrible experience that it honestly I was the kid who would wear a bra and then wear two camis over to try to like make my boobs look smaller and I was never like I look I've never gotten I've never been bigger than like a d cup so like I can't think about like the girls that were like who have Jeez. huge boobs yeah and so like for me I couldn't do Victoria's Secret, though. And that was because also, like, their sizes were insane. And it was, like, the biggest one was, like, a 36 double D or something like that. I mean, like, yeah. it was for nobody. Uh, I also think it is dead in the water because I just think mall culture has changed. I think we've moved to online. And I think that, like, I would much rather shop at, like, these – I mean, it sounds so silly, like, to be, like, Instagram brands. But you see these places, like, I really love Cup. Or you have places like Third Love or – you know, whatever your bra of choice is, parade. Mm-hmm. I love, you know, like these brands that are cheaper uh, have a much wider range of sizing. And you're kind of, and also like, I have not worn a bra with padding in so long. <laughs> I, I, so working from home, I'm never in underwear and I'm never in a bra. You don't wear underwear so, at all. If I'm like in sweatpants, girl, things are just loosey goosey. So, you know, when I wore jeans, I was strapped. Sam and I both wore jeans the other day, like, to work Thinking like we were professional women. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to put hard pants on Uh from Abercrombie. And it was a nightmare. Yeah. I wore, I'm a Levi girl. I'm a, Mm. that's the only jeans I wear is Levi's because it just, they look the best on me. And I just feel like cool when I wear them. And that was another thing that I, I, I took away from the documentary, like, it's weird to think about like these people have meetings to talk about like what's cool and like what will make people feel cool. And like as a consumer, you kind of don't re- realize like how much goes into it. Like it's kind of like that quote from Devil Wears Prada where she's like, you think it's just a cerulean sweater? Like you think, oh, you think it's just a blue sweater? And then it's like. The way you just deliver that was Meryl. I think that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. That was, Thank you. I felt transported. <laughs> I agree though you're not wrong like, so it's kind of crazy like I, I guess that that's my friends always tell me that I have quote unquote high thoughts even though I'm not high they say that like I just say like 
things that are just like, yes, I am. Like that's, but I just am like, whoa, like that's really crazy. And yeah. they're like, yeah, it's called marketing, bitch. Like, look it up, read a book. <sighs> I do think I wonder if like our generation is kind of like going to forever feel plagued by labels. Um, and I'm sure people are listening to this being like, I don't give a fuck about Abercrombie. I don't care about Victoria's Secret. You guys are all just cap, you know, like Fucking leaning losers. into capitalism, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, like I am. I am who I am. And I I would love to not be like that. I really would. But I just think yeah. like the way I was raised, truly one of my first, the first things I do still to this day is look at people's asses to see what, what brand their jeans are. Allison, I do that too. And one time I got caught doing it. Well, Abercrombie was, doesn't put it on the butts anymore. <clears throat> no, they don't. And like, I think American Eagle still does. And you know what's funny is I remember my parents always really encouraged me to shop at American Eagle instead because it was like brighter. It felt like not as like sexual. And so when they started talking about American Eagle and how like the woman working there came from Abercrombie and like it was oh. a whole different experience. I was like, damn, like that's right. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Like how these stores had like very different like marketing tactics too like at the end of the day like I got really sad thinking about I mean from that documentary was a a woman who was saying she was just so happy she could hire anybody and to be like god like for a teen to early 20s person to be able to realize like that was happening at her old workplace is fantastic that she was able to recognize it tragic that it was happening I mean, and then it like a case got taken to the Supreme Court. I didn't know this. That I is didn't know fascinating and also mm-hmm. incredible. Um, and like that woman is an icon and and did so much for so many people out there. I had no idea though. I had no idea. Yeah. So for the listeners, if you didn't watch it, it was a woman who If applied. you didn't watch it, this has yeah. gotta be the most interesting podcast you've ever listened to. It's just a lot it's just two mall girlies, two Midwestern mall girlies like talking. So this woman, she applied to work at Abercrombie and she had a headscarf on and it was like written down in the description of like, what was this person wearing? They were like, she was wearing a black headscarf and then that's why she wasn't allowed to work there. And then it became like a whole thing, obviously. And then they compared it to if she was wearing a baseball cap. Yes. Which is insane. Insane. This is like this is like a religious item of clothing. Yeah, and I felt bad because I think like a lot of the managers, like like you were saying, they felt bad because they wanted to hire different people. They wanted to hire whoever they wanted, but they couldn't. Yes. Because there was like a fucking like Bible that you had to follow that was like, you know, this person doesn't look like this. And then, I mean, even Mike Jeffries like plain criteria, like how people had to act on the plane, how people had, how pilots had to, like they couldn't say yes, sir, or anything. It had to be like, it was like I got you. Yeah, it was the same <laughs> it was like thing. Something as, casual, but it's the same thing as when you walk into the store. They go, "Hey, what's up?" Not, He's "Can so I scary. help you find something?" Yeah, it was. It was a curation of like, oh, it was, it was insane. But anyway, you were saying she takes it. She partners with um, some type of an organization, like a, I believe, like a nonprofit that was able to kind of escalate her case all the way to the mm-hmm. Supreme Court, and she won. She won. And the only person that voted against her was Clarence Thomas, which is like the- shocking. But yeah, I mean, it was just kind of amazing. And then, you know, now they're they have a new CEO of Abercrombie who's taken it into another direction, obviously. I but mean, what's hear- interesting, too, is they got put on some type of uh, probation 
Yes, like notice. Yeah, like, where they had to fulfill certain accomplishments in diversifying their staff. And so they hire a, a chief of diversity officer. And this man comes in. And to be fair, it's like, it's so crazy he, to me. This happened a lot in like 2020 also, I think, where companies were like, oh, we're high, we're getting rid of our CEO and re- our racist CEO and we're replacing they, everyone has like a dollar. Yeah, and everybody had like a diversity coaches. Yes. Like, but yeah, it, it's it was not like, fair for that one person who is almost in, always a person of color to then have to come and fix white people's problems. But that mm-hmm. was kind of the expectation of this man. And so he comes in and he did do slightly affect the stores. And yeah. you would see the stores having more diverse employees. But when it came to the top, which is really where change happens, because keep in mind, shit runs downhill. I mean, and it starts from the top. And when that entire mm-hmm. top tier of C-suite people are all white, minus this one man who's in charge in charge of diversity, not much is going to change. No. And it's exactly it's like just a bigger example of the like the one Asian man that was in like the design department. Like, what the fuck is he really going to say? Like, he can only do so much. Like, there's only so much that this guy can do. So, like, you know, I felt bad. But then I also you kind of felt a bunch of things at one time. It was weird. Yeah, because at the same time, like that man also seemed complete complicit in Mike Jeffries' vision of of Abercrombie. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's not fair for me to say because of just like the situation he was in. But there were certain moments where he was like, it was uncomfortable. It was mm-hmm. very Where he was like, I can't talk about this. Wait, what about the one guy who was like, I want all of like my coworkers to know that it wasn't not, not racist. <laughs> I was like, so it was racist. The producer was like, yeah. so it was racist. He's like, it wasn't not not racist. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're really doing so much right now. Now I want to talk about the models really quick. This is so fucked up. I'm so angry. Okay, so the models, they really wanted people that were like from the Midwest that were really hot, but they looked like they were like East Coast, West Coast kids. And um, they would do like these scouts and they would ask them where they're from. And then there was this lovely sound bite. PA, baby. Amish County. PA. New York, New York. 719. Pittsburgh. Dallas, Texas. Connecticut. The guy that says Connecticut sounds like he's singing the 50 nifty United States. He says it the same way. Connecticut. Yeah, where it's like Alabama, Arkansas. Yeah, that song. Yeah. And then, so then on the day of the shoots, the one model who's armpit guy said this really funny because you know I mean all the shots were like action shots it was like throwing the football like jumping into the water mm-hmm. like it was all that and he said this Trina just like hey Bruce it's Trina I'm in it you know or just like just doing push ups on a curb it's just the guys are so testosterone because it's just a bunch of ripped dudes and then the guys are trying to impress the women it's really it's just like it's a humanity at its basic level humanity at its, ba- at its basic level he says. That's armpit guy for you. That's armpit guy for you. Who I enjoyed. I hated his shirt. But I would have loved to like got a sneak peek on the behind the scenes of all the models. Yes. Because I'm sure there was so many hookups. Hookups. Oh. Uh, oh. Love triangles. Yeah. I mean, I do have a feeling there was probably like a lot of closeted gay men on that those sets. There was a that was a whole other thing yeah. about Abercrombie is it was like very Oh my god, like, that was so crazy. 
first that was so crazy how did we not yeah. talk about that yet i know it was first of all abercrombie was all about the men specifically like homoerotic it was Very. and i was watching it and i'm like i missed all of that went right over my little 15 year old head i know i was literally 13 and i was like wow those guys are just being dudes hot dudes just like, boys I, being boys uh boys. wrestling in the water like, yeah and like it was crazy because Bruce Weber was like a gay icon, like photographer. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the guy said he's like his book, like every gay every man game has man his book. Yeah. He's like, I have it. It's sitting right over there. Yeah. So, you know, and then there was just a lot of like, just a lot. I, I was shocked by that and how focused it was on the male body. And then I thought about it. It was like, you're kind of right. Like, we didn't really focus. We. <laughs> they did not really focus on the female body much. I mean, all. there was never a female body on the bag. No. Do you remember? Not G- that I remember. Do you remember Gilly Hicks? Gilly Hicks? Yeah. <laughs> no. I think it was the Abercrombie Hollister sister brand for underwear. And that was a store that outside of at the mall had just girls in underwear and like men in boxers. Shut up. Yeah. No, that's insane. I know. And also like the men standing outside the store with their Santa hats. I remember those guys. I mean, I love in uh, the movie Neighbors when Zac Efron fulfills his dream of just becoming the guy outside Abercrombie. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I remember being so nervous. Like, I didn't even want to walk by them. Oh, my I was like, God. Ugh. I couldn't walk by them and have them Mm-mm. see me. No. <laughs> I was like, those are men. We were like, so young and so, oh. like, naive and ignorant. It is crazy. Like, we thought we knew, and we had no idea. We thought we were in the know, and we were not in the know. No. We were just th- – I mean, we didn't even get, like – we didn't understand what was going on. And our par- our poor parents. Our poor parents. We owe, like outside said, that store we owe with all a, the other parents. Apologies and compensation. It's just a wild documentary. And it didn't, like, it told me things that I didn't know for, sh- like, I wasn't totally sure about. But for me, it was, like, the nostalgic aspect of it where I was, like, oh, my God. I was, like, transported back in time. I was, like, remembering things that I haven't thought about in forever. Like, you know, the year that Abercrombie Cabela's was, in, you know, started. And the music was great. So good. I think something that what it did for me is it just made me realize that like things that you hold fondly as a kid are not always as they appear. And Mm -hmm. it is important to look into like the brands that you're supporting. And I would be lying if I said that it did make me reconsider my uh, allegiance to Abercrombie. Even still, I mean, yes, there's a female CEO and yes, they have made they're inclusive but it's also profitable now to be inclusive yes exactly so that's the other part so like should can i also be putting my money towards brands that from the get-go have have sought out inclusivity diversity who are trying to appeal to an audience of everybody and Mm -hmm. versus a brand that at one point literally said we are not for everybody uh yeah i probably could and i'm not like I don't want to just be like a sheep and be like, yeah, I'm going to still shop. At, like, I'm going to look, I will probably still shop at Abercrombie, but does it make me consider like I need to expand my horizons? Absolutely. Because like we should always be supporting brands that put people first. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you're still shopping. It's, Girl, you, know, you do I- not have to remind me that I am still shopping. Uh, <laughs> 
I'm getting an email from my uh, doorman about once an hour saying, you have a delivery again. Girl, that's the worst. I know. So you got to go down and get it. One last thing that I will say, and this really has nothing to do with Abercrombie, so I don't know why I'm even saying it, but the fast fashion of it all and like the rise of fast fashion, I hate it. But I also am not like ignorant enough to like realize like that's it's cheap and people can afford it. And like I get annoyed when like really high up influencers like lecture people about it and they're like, don't shop fast fashion. It's like, okay, well, not everybody can spend $60 on like an economically, you know, eco friendly t shirt or something that they're going to wear once for a party. So I. I go back and forth about that, but that's a whole different podcast. I want to ask this to the listeners because if you do shop at Abercrombie still, you you mentioned Sam earlier, like it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. I think that a question I have for everybody, and you too, you can answer this if you want. Uh, is, is Does anyone else feel like the quality is like really bad or is it just that the, like, as I've gotten older, I, I now understand what quality is and that because I do actually sometimes get stuff from there and sometimes it's fine. Like I actually really like their sweaters. All of, like that's been good. Jeans are, mm-hmm. you know, they're denim, but I can't figure out the sizing and don't come at me being like, try the curve love. No, that doesn't work for me. Just it doesn't, guys. But sometimes I get something and I'm like, is this made out of a sham? Wow. Like, what is this? It's like. So funny you say that because in 2020, I bought some Abercrombie stuff. That's like when I first realized like, oh, like they have like okay stuff Mm -hmm. and like not super expensive. And I got these bodysuits and I fell in love with them. They were like pure cotton. And then I ordered like the same – I thought were the same ones back in like the fall and they're like spandex. And it was like Nike dry fit material. And I was like, this is not what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm curious if people have noticed that. Maybe that is like part of the brand's evolution as it has become more of like a affordable brand that, you know, you have to make concessions. Uh, but I was just kind of surprised by it because I have also bought a lot of bodysuits from there recently. And I got them and I was like, what's going on? Yeah. I'm like, I might go to Skims. Oh, you should. Well, look, people are going to come for me for that. Yeah. I have never heard a single bad thing about Skims, except for the fact that they don't want to support Kim Kardashian. But they do. So I have a lot of Skims. All of my pajamas are Skims. I am a... I guys all flex again. Never forget, I have the, I own the silk pajama set from Skims. So it was a big purchase. You were real excited about that when you bought and it. And then I got sick wearing them. Uh, when And just like that came out, I threw up that night in my silk pajamas. Because I was so excited. <laughs> and I ate a whole bowl of queso fundido earlier that day. Anywho, I really do like skims. And yes, you can say what you want about the Kardashians. Look, you're, there's always going to be something to criticize about every brand. About uh, everything, yeah. But I will say, like, skims quality, I've never had an issue with. And it's, they are, they're, it's good. You spend the money on it, but they're, it's good products. So, yeah. Do it, do it that way you will. I'm interested in their the skin swim. Uh, I'm very intrigued. I love I the like blue. The I love the like, guys, now this is a skin podcast. <laughs> so sorry. The blue. We'll chat about this. We'll chat about this off this podcast. Yeah. Um, but one last thing I want to leave everybody with from me is that if you can, 
Google Lex Wexner, Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> take a take a walk on that wild side. Uh, you think? I mean, has everybody seen the Netflix documentary? <laughs> it's not so. It's called Filthy Rich, and Lex is featured heavily in it. And he is the owner of like every the major L, store in the mall. What is it called? The L L Company. L Company. So I think Victoria's Secret used to be used to be within that. It was also like the Limited Express. Express. Bath, Bath and Body Works. I don't think he's in charge of that anymore, though. Oh no. Yeah. They said. Bye. They paid him a big sum. I did Google what oh, his net worth I is. It's $5.8 billion. Billion with a B? With a B. I also, Mike Jeffries had a very big settlement when he left Abercrombie. Mm-hmm. They, oh, not settlement, but I fucking exit hate that. package. I hate I it. I hate that. I hate it. They did that with, um, I think, some guy on, like, Fox News, too, who was, like, accused of, like, sexual assault. They, like, threw oh. Bill O'Reilly. Maybe it was a Bill O'Reilly. No, it's, they threw, like, no, you're thinking of, um, well, it might have been, but also Les Moonves uh, for CBS, who's, like, the chairman of CBS, got, yes. like, millions and millions oh, of dollars. Never has to work again. No. It's and he, he didn't even need to. He had millions and millions of dollars before. I hate the rich. Oh, guys, don't even ask Sam about Elon Musk. (laughs) I was waterboarding Allison yesterday. Like, Allison was like, get me off this ride. Like, shut the fuck up. She literally says, I don't care. And I was like, this isn't going to stop. Look, all I'm saying is I think everything you said was valid. Yeah, but Allison's like, shut up. You're not going to stop using Twitter. I was just like, what's funny to me is people who are complaining about Elon Musk buying Twitter on Twitter. Yeah. Take I to mean, the streets. <laughs> listen, it was so funny because I, in the heat of the moment, I, I, I couldn't see anything. I was a horse with blinders you were Robin on. Hood, walking trying I, like, to rob the rob the rich. Uh, oh my god, I was like distribution was, of wealth. That's what yeah, Sam was. I was like, it was it was pretty insane because Allison was like, please stop. And I no, wasn't I believe, stopping. I su- that was the problem. I support but she you. supported it. I support she you. She just wanted me to shut up about it. Um, okay, so I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say about Abercrombie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we said anything at all. We were just chatting. But I think that is kind of when I talk to my friends about the documentary, we've kind of gone on tangents. And I guess like, I'd love to hear people who weren't suburban girlies, uh, like what your experience was with it, too. Because mm-hmm. like, I, I, I think that we probably all just had a completely different experience with it. And yeah, but yeah, it definitely makes it's an eye opening one. I think it could have been a little shorter. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I agree. I would have loved just to from a more logistics from, like, point of view. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this chaotic episode of Hot of the Mess, where we discussed Abercrombie, the documentary on Netflix White called Hot. White Hot. Great name. Great name. Follow me on Instagram at Bravo Historian and at Take Your Zoloft on Twitter and Allison tell everybody where they can find you. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Allison Pilo. Um, I don't tweet and I won't start tweeting now that Elon Musk owns so please Twitter. follow her. But uh, and same on Instagram too. And she's got a cute dog, so you should follow him too. Who is named Moose? And I felt weird about that throughout this whole episode. When you and I were texting about it, I did think about it. I did type the words "R.I.P. Moose," but then I was like, "Ugh, that that doesn't come." You could see him laying next to me right now. All right, you guys, love you. Bye. Bye. 
What exactly are microplastics? They're small, man-made. They're less than five millimeters long and they're around you every day. Microplastics are toxic. They cunningly seep into water, the air, and the things we eat. By contaminating our food chain, they make their way to you. Through vegetables at the supermarket, and yes, through fruit too. They're literally everywhere. That's the problem at hand. Every cigarette butt you see on the ground contains 15,000 strands. Learn more at undo.org. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.